Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another episode of Woke and Baked. We're at episode like 68, which is cool. I never thought we'd get this far. <laughs> Yay. All right, so shout out to our sponsors, Iron Asylum, located at 35165 KB Road. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. And going on from now until the very 1st of December, they have a PFD special. That PFD special means for $500, you get a whole year's membership at Iron Asylum. What that includes is like two months free plus. It's, it's actually a really sweet deal. So if you are interested in starting your New Year's resolution right friggin' now, Iron Asylum has a deal to help you do that. They also have the best trainers on the peninsula. They've got uh, NPC competitors. They've got folks like uh, Kimmy England, Tyler Basil, and quite a few others out there that are professional NPC competitors, uh, national physique uh, competitors. So if you are looking for a trainer that is going to help you out uh, with your goals and what it is that you are trying to accomplish, Iron Asylum in, uh, in well, on KB Road. Technically, I, I don't know where they are. I don't know if they're on in Soldatna. Not quite, because they haven't been annexed yet. But they're someplace. They're off of KB Drive. And you can't miss them. There's a great big sign with uh, a dude in a straight jacket, and it says Iron Asylum. But if you can't read, then then there's the guy in the straight jacket struggling to get out of it with hieroglyphics around it. There you go. Um, but they've got some super uh, sweet deals. They've also got some badass equipment coming in. They're expanding. There's a whole lot of really cool stuff going on with Iron Asylum that you're probably going to want to get involved in. They also carry... I'm pretty sure it's the complete line of Redcon 1 supplements, amongst a few others. So if you're looking at getting into some quality supplements, there you go. They've got Redcon 1, and what I'm fairly certain of is that their supplements are less expensive than the, uh, the nearby supplement store, GNC. So if you're looking for Redcon supplements at an affordable price, Iron Asylum is your place to go for those supplements at an affordable price. Okay, also the Schnitzel Bomber, located on K Beach Drive. All right, they are rated five out of five on Facebook. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 11.30 to 8 p.m. For more information, please like them on Facebook and follow them on the gram. If you're not sure what I'm talking about with the gram, it is the Insta type. All right, 5150 Vapes, located in Soldatna, across the street from Soldatna Creek Park. They have a full line of, uh, of really super duper flavorful nicotine ju uh, juices. So if you are looking for a place to buy some nicotine juices, uh, 5150 Vapes is a place. It is the place for you to get them. It is the best place for you to get them at the most affordable prices. Also, they are the exclusive place, the only place in the universe that you can get your Woken Baked smiling Unabomber t-shirts, aside from me. You can get them from me directly, but if you are looking for a central location because you don't like me, then, then 5150 Vapes is a place that you can go to get your smiling Unabomber Chase Your Smile t-shirt. All right. Also, last but, uh, but not least, Red Run Cannabis Company, located in Kenai, Alaska, the makers of fine whole flower cannabis oils, as well as, according to LeafLink, the number one edible in the state of Alaska, Hashade. And it's delicious. I enjoy it. It's flavorful. And there's a lot of stuff you can do with it. Some folks throw it into their, uh, their margaritas on Margarita Monday. Me personally, I like it with a, a splash of orange juice and a splash of Coca-Cola. 
it's fucking phenomenal, all right? But again, I'm, all, I'm also over the age of 21, and after the podcast, when we get done with the interview, we'll go through the whole warning uh, of cannabis, and uh, we'll, we'll go over the, the safety briefing for that part. All right, so my guest today is Seth Stacy. He is a brown belt in Bang Muay Thai, which is the exclusive uh, kickboxing system of Dwayne Ludwig. Up until very recently, up until the knockout of Ben Askren, the almost murder of Ben Askren uh, by uh, George Masvidal, he had the fastest knockout in UFC history. So definitely something uh, something to be said about uh, this system and. Seth breaks down a lot of that system uh, on the podcast, some of the, the history of it, the difference between Dutch kickboxing and traditional Muay Thai. It's, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty fun conversation. He gave his predictions for the fights on Friday. However, as this is coming out on, on Sunday, turns out he was actually pretty, pretty solid and spot on with his predictions. So you know, good for him. If you are looking for a guy to talk to before a, a, a UFC card, he's probably the guy to talk to. So it looks like we'll probably have him on more often as we get back into our mixed martial arts love, because who doesn't love grown ass men and women beating the dog shit out of each other for your entertainment and at the same time showing some incredible technical abilities shout out to dj demetrius johnson uh i mean he doesn't look like it but he definitely is the goat i think probably the greatest of all time in mixed martial arts probably demetrius johnson he's just so damn fun to watch all right so with that being said um we're gonna get straight into this all right ladies and gentlemen thanks for checking out another episode of woken baked No, I couldn't hear you in the headphones. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> let's let's talk about what just happened there. Will. We should absolutely just talk about. <laughs> right. I think Will's up a little early this morning. I was up uh, where? So I I worked late last night and uh, got up early, take kids to school, and mm. then. Uh, but I didn't take kids to school today because there's no school today. No so school I today. so I got to sleep in a little bit. So I'm a little bit I'm a little bit discombobulated by it all. That's crazy. Yeah, but that has here. nothing to do with me not turning the master volume well, I just, on. I was just wondering if you, you know, got a little, a little bit early and, and, and not all there. Slipping up and forgetting some things. Yep. Those That'll happen, too. That's funny. That'll happen, too. Um, let's see. Let me get this guy going properly. By the way, shout out to Blue. Uh, uh, Blue Yeti is a, a beautiful microphone. If you are thinking about getting your hands on a USB microphone... The Blue Yeti is the one that I would recommend for uh, all of your microphoning needs. Your one and only microphone needs. You, you shouldn't need another microphone. This thing's Ever. pretty badass. Um, you should just carry it around and talk on your phone with it. That's how good the mic is. Yeah, just keep your phone uh, in your pocket right next to uh, right next to your private so you can yeah. get some, some something glowing down there. Yeah. Yeah. Get, give, your, give yourself a little Say. bit of that crotch cancer. Yeah, that's exactly it. But you you'll have a great microphone to carry yeah. around. Uh, yeah. It looks like um like a giant Tylenol, um or a plane without wings, or uh, if you are really into spaceships and you're into UFOs, the the Tic Tac. Yeah, or like the Superman little helper thing in the movies. 
don't know. The new Superman. What about the new ones? The new Supermans. It's like the little assistants that float around. Kind of looks like that. Oh. No. I don't know. Watch it again. Perhaps. Perhaps I'm gonna have to. All right, Seth, how you doing, man? What's up, buddy? How you doing, Will? I'm good. I'm good. Ready to get this this show on the road. It's been a while. It's... It has been. It has been a year plus some. Yeah. Since we've done a podcast. Yeah. So you were you're down in Colorado. I was down in Colorado. Uh, you were uh, you were BMT. Now I was, you were... I was doing coaching. And now you were. Fun. Now you're back up here. Yep, I'm back up here. Focus right. on my family. Back on the gym. Yeah. Doing that stuff. Yeah. How's it? How's it working out for you? Like it? Good to be it's back. awesome, man. It's good to be back with my kid. It's good to be back with my girlfriend, hanging out, living life, focus on the gym, and you know, focusing on stuff that I want to do. It's right. nice, man. All right, so let's uh, let's dive into a little bit about what it is that you do now that you're here um, at the gym. Oh, okay. so let's let's, okay. let's let's talk about uh, up, up front up first. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your kids' classes. Let's talk about your adult classes. Okay. Uh, what's going on with those guys? I got kickboxing, got jujitsu for both adults for kids. Um, our adult classes are from six to seven. Um, for kickboxing, it's Monday through Thursday, from six to seven, and then our jujitsu program is uh, Monday, Tuesday, um, Thursday, and Friday from six to seven, and then we have like open mat on Saturday, which Coach Jason is there. Um, the kids' classes for my kickboxing is Monday and Friday. At 5 p.m. till 6. Um, I'm looking to actually expand a class here within the next few months. Put it uh, one in Wednesday. Um, our jiu-jitsu and our wrestling for our kids is, uh, let's see, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, the littles is like, uh, I think, 4 and 5 is from 4 4.15 until just uh, around 5. And then uh, our older kids is from 5 to 6, or 4.45 to 6. It's right so, around that time. So your kids' wrestling program, is that um, almost like a, a warm-up for the kids that are, are part of the uh, the pop system that they have around here? Um, no, he's just, you know, we've got to focus on takedowns, you know, for no-gi and stuff like that. Okay. You know, in jiu-jitsu or grappling tournaments, you stand on your feet. Right. So he's working on that, and I think that's a great addition. I think that's that's something that they should do. Right. You know? Um, quick, uh, quick run up. What is the, uh, what are the ages for your, your kids kickboxing? And, for the kids uh, kickboxing, programs? we're seven and up. That's, okay. that's what I'm doing right now. Um, we were doing younger and, and that's good. But I think, uh, like with coach Jason, we're doing it with where in the jujitsu and the wrestling, they can sit, they can watch a little bit more whereas like kickboxing is a lot of hands-on and a lot of different commands so focus can be difficult at times so um we're running the littler kids there in that program and then seven and up obviously is for our kickbox or for our kids our, our older kids um and they they're working from working on pads and kick shields all the way up to mitt work themselves and then eventually holding for other for for other kids too we, I run it a lot like the adult program, except for like there's no sparring right now. Okay, so if someone is coming into uh, to for their first class and they have mm -hmm. questions like, what is the difference between Dutch kickboxing and traditional Muay Thai? Oh, okay. So really, they're just throwing punches, kicks, knees, and elbows. Um, Dutch Dutch style kickboxing is derived from like uh, Kyushiken karate, right? Back in the day, uh, Masayama is uh, uh, 
the founder of Kyushikin Karate, he wanted to compete against the Thais. So they went and would fight against the Thais, but they didn't do it with elbows. And then eventually the Kyushikin fighters went over to Holland or from Holland. And that, that's where that, that blend came from, right? For Dutch style kickboxing, it was actually influenced by Kyushikin Karate and by Muay Thai. You see what I'm saying? Yep. And uh, just the the kick or the karatekas, they just didn't use elbows, so they wanted to do the fights without elbows. And the ties use that. So the difference between the two is that um, we use elbows in, in BMT. We use elbows. That's just not the first original thing that we teach you, right? In Muay Thai, they focus on that heavy. We teach based more boxing, more hands added to kicks, hence. Kickboxing, that kind of came from the Western stuff here in America too. Kickboxing, but not Dutch style. So more hand volume and then kicks. Whereas the ties are more kick-based. Like, uh, actually it's super funny, uh, the WBC down there in Colorado, when I would uh, go to some of their fights, I had fighters down there, and I'd go in the corner for people. They said the rule is it's eight punches for every one knee <laughs> and like 15 punches for every one kick how do you that's, keep track of that that's well that's just how the judges score it right that for traditional muay thai they don't want to score it based off the boxing okay right they want to it's it's more kick dominant that's where they give the the value does that make sense yeah that makes sense yeah okay yeah, so right. when you're you're thinking on like kickboxing style right like yeah. dutch kickboxing they're based more like with boxing and then adding the legs and then the ties obviously well we, they use knees too if you watch like glory or whatever they use knees in there and it's limited clinch in that whereas the ties they have a lot more clinching right where they tie you up right and they use elbows elbows knees kicks they use our hands but that's not what their main thing is. Okay. If that makes, if that, I hope that clarifies it. Right? Actually, it does. Like, well, for me a little bit. I hope. I hope yeah. If you're, if you're at home and you have more questions, please ask Seth. Or, Dude, or, both of them are great. Like, I, I think it's beautiful to have both styles. I think maybe like a hybrid between the two, right? I think you know, lots of kicks and hands and working clinch and elbows. I mean, now we're in pretty much uh, MMA. Yeah. You know, in a, in a lot of ways, right? And a lot of Thai fighters like are really doing great in Glory, right? That's you know, you know Dutch style kickboxing for the most part, right? Golden Glory ran by uh, Coors Hemmers, which was Ramon Decker's dad. Okay. Um, you got tons of tons tons of fighters from uh, Thailand over there doing great. Couple champions, man, extremely well. So can I ask you an MMA question? Yeah, sure, of course. Dude. How good is Israel Adesanya? He's damn good. So I remember as a striker, as a striker, uh, okay. I'm going to come from a striking perspective. He's extremely dangerous. He's really good. He knows exactly what he's doing and why he's doing what he's doing. And that, like some of his movements are from, I'm not going to say from the BMT system because they're movements, right? But they're definitely in the system from BMT. So I see a lot of stuff that he does and how he moves and why he moves the way he does and what he's accomplishing. Uh, he, he's absolutely, as far as striking, I mean, well, you can't have as many kickboxing fights as, as Israel has had. And, and being 
Like, he did extremely well in the Glory Tournament. You know? Yeah. He's, he's absolutely uh, a terror. He's good. He's good, striking-wise. He's got to work on his uh, wrestling, keep his wrestling up, because everyone's going to try to take him down. And uh, his, you know, groundwork. Oh. Well, his, uh, his jiu-jitsu uh, comes from Atos, which is the um, uh, Andre Gavau system. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm, I have no doubt that, that he'll, he'll eventually get there. Yeah, but his striking is so high level, right? Yeah. Like, you don't... I mean, when you have a niche that you're so great at, yes, you need to be well-rounded, right? Like, I'm going to tell you now. You need to be well-rounded. At this day and age, you, you can't be a one-trick pony. Like, all those got killed already, right? The one-trick ponies are gone, right? You can only be good at one thing for so long, right? Um, so what you got to do is is you got to have this thing that you're super excellent at. Everything else has to be up in the 80s, 90s percent. Yeah. You know, like K- Khabib. Look at Khabib. His striking doesn't suck either. You know, he's got great wrestling, great takedowns, and he uses his, uh, how he puts it together to put his wrestling and his takedowns together for his striking. Like, he freaking almost knocked out Connor. Yeah, he's he's very good at what he does. You, you see what yeah. I'm saying? So, the same thing with Israel, right? Israel's striking is great, man. He's super sharp. He does a lot of high level concepts that people don't see. I think he, I'm not going to go into it too much, right? But yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's high level, man. He's Are we watching level. something special? Mm. Yeah and no. Oh, I mean, how do you? What do you call special? Like okay. Khabib's special, dude. I'll just be honest with you. Khabib is special. That guy's like twenty-eight and zero, right? Yep. Yeah, it's twenty-eight and zero, and he's mauled everybody. Dominated. Okay. Like, like that's special. And look, dude, I'm a striking coach, right? Yeah. yeah. But I'm not unrealistic, right? Like, so, wh- if you got a great strategy and you're really great at something, you know, like, his grappling's great. But he uses his striking to set up his grappling, his grappling to set up his striking. He takes people to places where they can't they, they can't recover from. He's so good at it there. So you know? who at middleweight? Is there anyone at middleweight who is who is uh, Israel Adesanya kryptonite? Anyone that well, you see okay. that, that has what they I didn't want using to give, MMA math? I didn't want to give away this too much, but I will. Israel faints a lot. Okay. Right? And Robert Whitaker knew that. So then why didn't he capitalize on it? He was. Well, okay. He was. Until he wasn't. Until he wasn't. Well, what yeah. part was is he tried to stay in the exchange too long. Okay. Right? Yeah. You're just going to hold your ground. He, he was trying too hard. He was doing right by not letting Israel lead the dance. Right? And breaking him down with pressure and timing him well. And Israel was using feints. But then you could watch... Whitaker, when he was looking to time Israel because of his feints and how he was moving, then you could see, uh, then Whitaker became predictable. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, just just super high level, right? I mean, if anybody, like, understands what I was just saying right there, they'll get a pretty good insight on striking. Well, I, I'm sure, like, if I was looking at it, like, if, I, if it was in front of me... Uh, I would see it. And I remember feeling, watching that fight, like you felt the tide change. Um, you, you, you sort of saw where where Israel Adesanya sort of moved the momentum. I felt Israel was winning that fight the whole time. Okay. Israel was leading the dance the whole time. Robert, Robert was trying to change to make it to where he was leading the dance. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So if Israel's leading and Robert's trying to take advantage of what Israel's doing, and then Israel shifts and modifies, then who was really leading the dance? Fair enough. Israel was leading the dance, and Robert was making adjustments based off of him, right? They had a game plan, but Israel was already probably aware of that game plan, because it's almost everybody's game plan based off of how he fights. All right. At least in the striking area. There you go. There's some... Go back and watch it. I watched it probably like 20 times already. Yeah. Yeah, you're... Well, you're a nerd. Yeah, well, Israel's the G, dude. He really is. I, wa- I went back, watched all of his fights. He's, I mean, I, I, how do I say something special, right? Like, so I like rap music, right? There's a, yeah. there's a dude by the name of Nebs, and I've listened to his album, uh-huh. Gorilla Monsoon, probably a hundred times since it came out that's, in April. That's me and TJ and uh, Henan Burrell fight. <laughs> like, I, I watched that 150 plus more. And I'm yeah. like, I know all of the drums. I know, I know all of the hooks. I know all of the ad-libs because it's something that, like, the, the movement of it, right? Yeah, and so, uh, you know, that's that's what I like. You, you you nerd out to, so that's that's what you see. Know. So yeah, dude, that's fighting. That's that's what I see. That's what I hear. Yeah, and by the way, there's probably twenty other records that I could say the same thing about because you get hooked in those things and you you get into it's those patterns, patterns, bro. It's patterns, right? It's patterns in fighting. There's patterns, right? You know, there's timings, there's rhythms, there's there's patterns. Yeah. That's it, right? You see it. And, then, and really what's beautiful is just how that person plays that instrument, right? But they're the instrument. Absolutely. And it's they're creating the art along the way. It is- that's their art. That's the art of self-expression, sir. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. That's truly it, yeah. And it's and it's, it's the marriage. It's it's the, it, it fits the two yeah. fighters. It's the opponents. It's yeah. A, you don't remember a fight that, that uh, where, where both opponents don't show up. It's yeah. the same way with music. If you have a... A, a producer or a beat maker and you have the an artist on top of it and they're both they've got that synergy and it's working for them um it becomes complete absolutely right, yeah that's like a great fight right see and that's the thing man actually let's talk about that for a second that's where for me watching technicians like demetrius johnson he's no longer in the ufc he's in one championship right that guy is pretty much the most technical fighter on the planet. Special? For sure. But because he doesn't knock people out, or he doesn't get promoted, or the layman doesn't understand what they're seeing, they think they do, but they don't. Dude, that's a flying arm bar on Ray Borg in a fight. Well, he... Yeah, he picked him up from a takedown, or from like a a transition to a a takedown into the arm bar. That's art. That, that's right. art. Any way you cut it, that is. Yeah. Um, if if you are listening to music, it's the opera singer yeah. hitting the high note. It's well, that's it. But see, you, that's why you'll have like a higher level appreciation for music because you're a connoisseur of it. Uh, the layman, they just want to see some big dudes throw some ham out there. And <clears throat> same thing, right? Anybody could like beat on a table and be like, "That's music," yeah. <laughs> you know, and I love it, right? But in a way, <laughs> it is. It's rhythmic and it's a yeah. sequence, right? But it's it's not as technical and. That's, for me, as a striking coach, that's what I look for. I look for excellence, right? Excellence. Excellence timing, excellent position, rhythm, footwork, spatial awareness, timings, right? Rhythms. I I, I look for all that stuff. 
is beautiful, right? And how do they, how do they, how, how does that affect one person? And how does that person respond to that? Were they successful? You know, that's it. Fighting, man, I used to play a ton of pool and I thought that was beautiful just with like angles and the variables you have. And fighting's alive. That other person, they do whatever. And you have like, you know, training. So you have these basic fundamentals, right? And then you have intermediate concepts and advanced concepts and it's how they put it all together in the moment. <laughs> right yeah. fighting dude i thought fighting was just back in the day it was just like two dudes didn't like each other so they were gonna try to hit each other hard i mean that's kind of true in a lot of ways but it's not now fighting has evolved it well and i can't even say that mma has evolved but if you look at boxing that's that's been around for a real long time but even still, there there are folks that are evolving and, and changing uh, what 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 folks are doing. So Lomachenko, for example, oh yeah, with, with the footwork, uh, with with movement. Yeah, but that's been around, dude. Freaking marvelous Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray Leonard, right? Uh, oh man, I can't even believe I'm gonna forget his name. I'm so upset at myself. He's one of my favorite boxers too. Well, I mean Tyson, Custom Auto, the stuff that yeah. Custom Auto did with Tyson. He had great footwork. People just didn't understand it. They don't think it. They just thought he was a brawler. He's not a brawler. Um, well, he was a little. He was a little guy who who fought really, really big guys. So yeah, you'd understand where where footwork would come into play. You don't want to get hit by those big hams of fucking men, especially if you're fighting a guy like Evander Holyfield. But taking it back in the day when he's sparring with you know young Lennox Lewis out in the the Catskills, yeah. Which by the way, I'm sure there's footage of that somewhere. I'm sure there is for um, sure. I wouldn't doubt it at all. Oh yeah, damn dude, Willie Pep, dude. You want to see footwork from Lomachenko or uh, from look at Willie Pep? Even like Dominic Cruz. If you look at Dominic Cruz, Willie Pep is in there. Muhammad Ali, right? They they're just taking. From you know TJ, there's tons of different things you see from you know the from Custom Auto, from uh, Muhammad Ali, um, Willie Pep, right? Uh, shoot, some of the concepts that uh, Sugar Ray Leonard used was from you know Muhammad Ali, how he'd move and circle outside and look and use the jab, and you know Roberto Duran, dude. All like there's so many great boxers, man. You knew who. Um, who do you think is the best? One of the best boxers of all times? Uh, are we talking offensive, defensive? Just, just in general. Oh, fuck yeah! Because I, uh... I, I'll tell you, I think one of the okay. So there's evolutions. Muhammad yeah. Ali for sure was up there, right? Mike Tyson, I would say, is there too, like above, right? Because boxing are we is heavyweights. I'm just, I'm just, okay. no, I'm just talking evolution of boxing. So, like, have you ever seen like Jack Johnson fight? He was like the first black heavyweight of all time. I saw like one Jack Johnson fight and listened to like a six-hour podcast. Right? Did you so. watch? Have you watched Jack Dempsey fight? No. Okay. Um, have you watched uh, Sugar Ray Robinson fight? No. Okay, you should go back and watch those guys, and you should watch from the beginning, like Jack Johnson. Jack Dempsey, right? And then, um, who was that? There? Yeah, we'll just get to Sugar Ray, right? Yeah. Sugar Ray Robinson. As you watch the evolution, Sugar Ray actually becomes, like, in my opinion, one of the most classic boxers. Truly. Like, so when you watch Jack Johnson back day, when, when they were <coughs> boxing, they would always tie up and clinch and then work some big power shots occasionally. And back in the day, too, there was no count. I mean, there was, but it didn't really matter. You could have a bajillion knockdowns. Yeah. 
You, you could like also there have could be fifteen rounds. Yeah, you could fifteen knockdowns in one round, and you're golden. Like literally, it could be bludgeoned to death, right? Yeah. Um, but you watch how he boxed. Um, you watch Jack Dempsey box. Um, you could see he tied up and he clinched a lot. As it came into the evolution, when you see Sugar Ray Robinson, that guy. There's a video, and I'll have to. I'll get the name of it. Um, I was just watching it the other day too, but I watched so much film, man. Right? Um, he hit this guy with a body shot. I think his last the guy's name is Wetzel. I think that's his last name is Wetzel. He hit him with a right hand, and it was the loudest punch I've ever heard on audio. And that was from the 1950s, dude. You got to understand how hard of a punch that was. That's that's one mic. That, but that's what I'm the- saying, right? Ah! And and he, like and he set it up so like he hit him with a body shot, and then he hit him with a body shot again, a right, a big. So he hit him with a big right body shot, slid around, hit him with another big right body shot. He level changed a little bit, and then he came up with the left hook and knocked him out. I have never seen anything. Yeah, dude, he just had power in both hands. He was setting him up behind the jab. He set him up with the body shot. Set him up with the body shot. Fainted and then came high with the headshot. You don't see anything like that. You know, Willie Pep, and you look at Willie Pep and his footwork and how he moved, he literally is one of the only fighters in all of boxing history that never threw a punch in in the round and won the round. Because he controlled the fight. He controlled the fight, you know? And, yeah, so you just, like... Yeah, I mean that's it. That's the fight, right? If you're, it, he controlled the round with movement. He controlled it. He drew him in. He turned him. He spun him. He just made him look like a retard. <clears throat> Basically, I hate saying that. That's probably. I don't even know if that's like politically correct. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. He just probably made him look. Not. He made him look extremely him look, bad. Yeah. Extremely look, look bad. Foolish. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, like boxing, watching the evolution. That's why I was wondering, you know. Um. Okay, so... Sorry about we, the rant. All good, That man. was awesome. All good. We're all about rants. Um, so we do have fights coming up uh, this uh, this weekend. Yeah. All right. Let's talk a little bit about those. I want to get Jeremy your, Stevens. Yair Rodriguez. I'm excited for that. I was so sad that the eye poke happened. I'm sad it's not a five-round fight. I don't know. Although five rounds in Mexico City seems like a lot. Yeah, dude, that's like ten thousand feet elevation. Yeah, I lived in Denver, and if you know, just being a mile high, dude, that sucked breathing there. <laughs> that sucked breathing there for three months. I'd hate. I I don't even know what it'd be like at uh, you know ten thousand feet. I mean, it, it damn near killed uh, old uh, old Kanye uh, uh, Kanye Velasquez. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the last time I went there, but Fabricio went there months ahead of time. That's, Kane beside, went later, right? that's beside the the point. His uh, preparation and acclimation, uh, you know. No, but that's that's it, right? Absolutely, it'd be intelligent. Absolutely, yeah, I know where you're at. What you're doing? Five rounds, though, sounds like that would have been really painful. It sounds almost as painful as like the Dubai fights. Like the Middle East is a very hot place. Oh yeah, it's a very very warm place, and yeah. if you're if you're stuck in a five round fight. Uh, or a three-round fight, and a guy like 
shit, like Walt Harris is on top of you, it's going to suck a lot. Yeah. I, I really, they should have sent Derek Lewis, actually. I think Derek Lewis would have been a great <laughs> ambassador for America. <laughs> Captain Hotballs. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 You would have heard that a lot. You know, I, he would have, he, he would have come home with an alligator. Somebody would have given Derek Lewis a yeah. pet alligator. And then Derek Lewis would be in Houston with his beautiful wife and his beautiful family eating Popeye's chicken with his Middle Eastern alligator. What do you think, actually going back to this, uh, what do you think it would happen with Jared Cannonier in Israel? Do you think he's on a title run? Um, Since Jared Cannonier is from Anchorage, Alaska? Yeah. I Okay, so I... And he's doing great. He's been beating a lot of top prospects, too, in that division. And he looks good doing it. Yeah, he looks good, yeah. Um... I think that yeah, he's definitely on a run. His this is definitely if if you're Jared Cannonier and you are not pulling the trigger, if you're not running full steam, uh, and it seems like that's what he's doing. Yeah, he's what ranked fifth. I think he'll get a title shot soon. Uh, I think yeah, he gets a, another another solid win, and you can't deny it. Like um, some folks would probably make the try and make the push. What about to see. Paulo Costa? Um, well, Paul, Paul Costa is definitely next for Israel Adesanya. Yeah. So if um, I'm excited for that fight because he's he's a monster. I just like he's he's you know who's another one is Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker at 205 is a monster. He's yeah. he's so. Much I like Johnny, fun to but watch. also Paul Costa is obviously dangerous at the 185 pound division. Um, I'm interested to see how long he lasts, and he's got good energy throughout the whole fight. I, I want to see Johnny Walker and John Jones. That's that's the fight I want to see. See, I would like to see... Well, I want... Uh, what's his name? The guy that just fought John Jones. The big Russian guy. Uh, no, the other guy uh, before that. The blue out his knee. Oh, uh, Tiago Santos. Yeah. Oh, I've watched him fight yeah. twice live. And I knew that he was going to be trouble for John. And um, actually, he exposed a lot of weaknesses in John. Yeah, Tiago Santos. There's a, there's a lot of weakness. Man. Yeah, I, dude, he blew out his knee, not just in one way, like the MCL, the LCL, the ACL. I don't even know how his knee was still like on his leg. The skin, yeah, the skin, is right? The only like thing his that muscular structure was the only thing that was kept it intact, right? Um, I'm interested to see a healthy. I think I think Tiago blew his knee out or had a bad knee before that. Oh, he, he definitely had a bad knee before I think he that. had a bad knee before that, and he gave John problems. I think that that's going to be the—I think he'll be the champ. He fights John again. Tiago Santos is a scary human being. Dangerous, dude. Extremely dangerous. He He's a strong puncher. Yeah. He's high-level uh, high Muay Thai. He's, he's going to beat the shit out of you in a lot of places, and yeah. he's very strong. Yeah. He's um, See, that's how I look at Paula, uh, you know, uh, Costa, too. Tiago Santos is—he looks like a character that you create on like the UFC games. Yeah, yeah. He looks like a guy that you've got to fight uh, anyway. Dude, his fighting to like when he fought Jones, he did so many things right. John struggled. I mean, yes, John won the fight, but I don't think it was because I think it was truly because of the injury, injuries, and and Santos still fought the full five rounds. Like that, and he was he was successful in the first couple of rounds, extremely successful. I think I think he's I think he beats John, dude. 
I really do. I mean, John won the fight. I'll give credit where credit's due, right? But John struggled. He struggled like, I mean, he struggled worse than the Gustafson fight with 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 uh, Costa or uh, with uh, Santos. Do you think Santos gets an immediate rematch when he comes back? I think he should. I think he should. I mean, like, who else would there be? For him to I mean, fight? well, yeah. I mean, that's it. Well, whoever comes up, right? Yes. Probably him and John, Johnny. Oh, wait, uh, yeah, him and Johnny Walker. That well, might that might end up happening. Reyes wins tonight, or Weidman wins tonight. Like, that's still one of those. We, we haven't even talked about that. Yeah, like, that could have some real, some very serious effects in in the two hundred five. Well, um, I got to watch Reyes train at Elevation. Uh, he's one of my friends, uh, good friends, uh, Nick Roick. And uh, I used to go, and I was coaching Nick there at Elevation, helping him, you know. Yeah. And uh, his buddy Reyes came in, and uh, they were training and stuff. And I watched him spar. The guy moves extremely well. He's super sharp. He's good. It's going to be a good fight. I think if Weinman underestimates him, he's going to be in trouble. Hey. And Chris hasn't been on a, a, a run. He's been on a down streak, too, lately. He's, he's lost his last three, I believe. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the the moving two hundred five is either going to this, we might see a, the last maybe the weight cuts hurt and winding, maybe right maybe but do, if he loses, do you think he's done? Not if he's in the two hundred five division. You know, we'll see if that if it where he chooses, and or it depends on how bad he loses, right? Maybe the weight cuts hurt in him. Yeah, you know, like there's a lot of new rules out there. Like they just even did another one. Where if you're you if you hydrate over fifteen pounds, then you're getting fined or something. Did you see that? I did not. Yeah, I'll have to re. I'll, I'll find that information and send it to you. But so who do you like in the fight? Oh Reyes. I mean that's personal. I never really liked Weinman too much. I mean he's good. He's been champion, but I don't. He was effective for his for his matches. For, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because okay. I don't want to say like I mean when anybody's at that level, dude. I'm not like taking anything away from anybody. You know, I'm not one of those yeah. guys. They they all deserve to be there. They're all great. You know. So, so who are you taking in uh, Rodriguez and Stevens? All right, because this is such a dangerous fight. This is such make a that sound again. Yeah, <laughs> such a dangerous fight, dude. Um, Jeremy in the first two. If it goes longer. Um, you got to start watching for Yair. I mean, Yair, yeah, absolutely. You you can never... The pressure from Jeremy is dangerous. And if Jeremy lays back and lets Yair, you know, go off first, that's even worse. So Yair... Because Jeremy's a puncher. Yair's a kicker. Yair also has, like, the latest knockout ever. So, like, you, you cannot let off the gas. That's what him. I'm saying. Yeah, he's, he's... he's super crafty. He's super dangerous. Korean Zombie was destroying... Yair. Like, he beat him every round. But, like, I, the elevation there was tough. And actually, I met, uh, I, I got to visit with Korean Zombie, and I was helping, like, train some of his partners um, um, it, when I was there. <laughs> right? Fanboy out. Is he that cool in real life? Who? The, the Korean Zombie. He's a super nice guy. All those guys, all of them, were super nice guys, man. By the so, way, vet. He's a military vet. Yeah, he had to break, put a break in mil in his uh, career to to go serve his country. Bless his heart. Yeah, super yeah. super nice guy. Liked him, polite. Like a lot of people wanted to get pictures with him and stuff like that, dude. He he, no problem. You know, never never an issue. Uh, Askren versus Maya, fight in Singapore. 
Well, I don't think Ben... I don't think that's a good fight for Ben. I think this is the fight that that everyone who wanted him in the UFC wanted it to see. I think Yeah, that, I think Maya beats him, dude. I, I How's Ben off his back? We're going to find out. Right? Yeah, because, I, I mean... Damien will pull half guard so that he can look to get the wizard and then sweep you and then get on top and then he passes you and then he controls you and beats you up. This is like Damien Maya 101. Damien's guard passing, so gangster. So as long as Ben stays on top, but I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, this is the fight when when they announced the signing of Ben Askren. I think that this is the fight that many of us wanted to see. Like, this is really hell. No, I wanted to see the Jorge Masvidal Ben Askren fight. Oh, I, you, like, <laughs> I don't really like. You, you only wanted to see that. You only wanted to see it for the first eight seconds. Um, don't care about anything after that. Um, it was good. Uh, I mean, well, that's another fight worth uh, discussing. The the BMF title in, uh, in oh, Madison dude. Square Garden. Uh, again, the winner is the fan. Dude, um, I love it. That's that's fights. That's real fights. That's the stuff that needs to happen. Agreed. That's the stuff that needs to happen. So who do you like in it? Man. Jorge's... Jorge's striking has definitely evolved. Team... Uh, American top team. They're striking coaches. They're doing some good stuff. Let's tell you that right now. You know, um, I'd say that even some of the techniques that you're seeing now is from from BMT. I'll just say that it's in there. They're they they like there's things that they're doing that you can see that TJ's done. I'll you just see say the that. influence, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and there's been people that have gone from. I mean, because people go all over yeah, different all, people yeah, go all over different all gyms, the but there's been several people that have left Colorado and specifically gone there, and it's interesting how. That's now coming out. I mean, it makes sense, though. I mean, it's like uh, if, if you go some... I mean, because people do go train yeah. in different places. Yeah. Um, people are training with so-and-so yeah. for wrestling, so-and-so for yeah. kickboxing. Yeah. Dwayne's striking is next level, man. It has been. It's been like that since 2013, 2014. You know, for, for some of the stuff. But anyways, uh, Jorge's striking has definitely improved. But you got to deal with the pressure with Nate. You know, yeah, the, the, and his boxing. There, yeah. Well, yeah, well, that too, right? He could draw him into a ground fight and beat him there, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. How do you I think? think this I works? think they're going to stand up and they're going to scrap. They're t- and I think that I think you know, um, if Nate obviously, if Nate's moving forward, he's always dangerous. If Jorge can move him backwards, right, then then he'll be successful, right? But the pressure, the volume, all that stuff is hard. Okay, it, now, in the hypothetical match that was agreed to on Twitter, oh. but but poo pooed by 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 Dida, <laughs> big poo-pooed. Big Daddy Dana, but by, yeah. by Big Daddy. Dana. By the way, that fight was never going to happen. Um, the, the I don't know. There are a million other fights. Oh, retired. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, well, what it is, Dana's <laughs> even said it, dude. It's like Connor's made so much money, right? Like, what fight really draws it out for him? Connor's gonna want so much money to fight. You think the UFC is gonna pay it? See, I'm sure that that's a lot of it, right? What Connor wants to make 
and who he wants to fight versus what the UFC is willing to pay. Yeah. I think, right? Because Connor's made all that money, dude, plus his you know, alcohol company and everything. Well, you also have a guy right now who can do all of the things that, that Connor does and um, isn't going around like smacking old guys and fucking kidnapping barmaids. Um, yeah. Uh, it, Not it, yet. I mean, <laughs> that, that's what happens with fame. Yeah, it's true, true. Like, Connor did mo money, mo problems. Connor didn't have these problems when he was on welfare living with D. No, um, he, was, he was focused, right? He was focused to reach his goals, accomplish it, didn't let fame run him. And or, you know, what, yeah. what wasn't letting fame run him, you know, but that happens with everybody. They get up to a certain point. They accomplish all their goals. Didn't have any other goals. Uh, yeah. Start losing sight. Probably alcohol and other substances probably play a large effect in people's decision-making skills. Well, there's a billion examples of that uh, in, in the sports world. Uh, MMA, I, th- I think, specifically. And I don't know uh, if it's part of like the lifestyle. Uh, a lot of these fights are happening out in Vegas. Uh, a lot of glitz, a lot of fa- a lot of lights, a lot of. Well, we were just attention. talking about that too. It's like Errol Spence. He just had a really bad accident, and he just won. He unified the title um, uh, against Sean Porter, and then he just actually got into an accident in his Ferrari, just speeding down the road, rolled it a bajillion times. He's in critical condition. They found out that he was intoxicated. So here you go, young man, top of the world. Gets doing everything, needs to go party and celebrate, drive his car super fast because he's on an ultra high, and then I it goes mean, down. He had a plan to become champ, but not a plan for... Well, he was even talked to be, you know, eventually one of the pound-for-pound pound kings, right? They wanted to have Terrence Crawford fight him and stuff like that. Had a plan to become champion, couldn't he have a plan to get home? Yeah, dude. That's it, yeah, so, yeah, I mean... Dude, I mean, like you, 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 being a celebrity and popularity, like, can like play with you. Well, I think there's the, part of it's like achieving a goal. Like you, you set to achieve the goal, but unless you have, like you said, you know what that next goal is. If you don't have those clearly defined goals, what happens when you achieve those goals? Well, fuck, I don't know. I, I achieved this particular goal, um, but you don't have continue. You don't have like your roadmap. So to, I'll give you this. This, what, this. this is what I tell fighters. They're like, oh, I want to fight. Okay. How about you train first? Right? New person. I'd love to fight. That's cool. I think that's great. You got some goals. You, you'd like to eventually develop some skills and then like go put it to a test. I, I think that that's a good thing in the right amount of time. Right? Learn the stuff. Train. Focus. See if you have discipline enough to do it. Right? Because anybody, I think, you know, just proven like in a street fight, somebody would be like, oh, fight! Because there's no real consequences right there. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about that guy um, for three months going this guy could beat me up in front of everybody i could get knocked out i could get hurt right you have to think about the consequences and sequences in front of you so what i tell fighters is train well then you want to compete and that's only gonna last for so long what's after that training and what's after that probably coaching maybe if you do your stuff right so what should you focus on should you focus on fighting? Should you focus on training? Should focus on training. Keep that. That's it. Train. Learn as much as you can. Because after you get done, right? Like, obviously, you can't be a dummy and go fight now, right? Everything's, it's just more than throwing punches, right? 
learn everything you can, compete, keep training because that's your it's going to become who you are if you invest your life in it, and then make sure you have enough material so that you can coach and be valuable there. That way, you get to be in something that you love, right? Right. So same same concept. What am I doing? Well, here's this section. Here's this section. And here's what happens after I compete, right? Like an NFL player. They got to go to college. They need to get degrees so they can be announcers and commentators, right? Make a backup plan. You ain't going to do it for the rest of your life, you know? So same thing for fighters. And that's part of being, um, they talk about just being a coach or being a teacher. You need to be a teacher, right? Coaching's great. And there's several levels of that, too. Um, actually, I do a lot of studying for coaching because that's what I do, right? I'm a coach. Um, mentorship, it's coaching, there's instructor, right? What, what are each one of those roles? You know, so when, when people are doing things, make sure you got the right coaches. Make sure you got the right mentors. Make sure you got the right instructors. And then have a good game plan. Well, that's it. People get certain highs, get certain spots, and the fame gets them and they lose foresight and focus on what they're doing and then it costs them later in life. Right? Yeah. There you go. That's that's my opinion on that. You see it all the time. You know? Heavy shit, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess. I, don't, you gotta... I mean, I do that every day. I think that stuff every day, so. I don't know. I think about death every day. Dang. Yeah, every day it's um, like that's, I don't know, I'll, I'll talk to you a, bit, a little bit uh, off mic, but yeah, it's I, I think about death every day. Yeah? Yeah. Like Kurt Cobain? Um, <laughs> only because well, you brought that up earlier. Um, well, you brought up Bruce Lee and going to see Bruce Lee's uh, grave oh, yeah. and how that was, a, how that was a, an experience for you. So talk about it. Uh, that was intense, man. Uh, used to... Actually, talking about like issues, I used to drink a lot. I used to have a real problem with alcohol. Okay. Uh, got myself together, quit drinking, quit smoking, quit caffeine all at the same time, at least at that point in time. Probably one of the only persons I know to have ever done that. Uh, drank a lot in my life. And uh, Bruce Lee was a big proponent of me for finding a better way. Um, you know, and actually, I got a tattoo of this uh, sign on my chest, the yin yang from uh, the Tao Jeet Kune Do. It's not actually on the book. It says, way is no way and limitation is no limitation. Every day I used to look at it in the mirror. I used to look at it and you know just realize like limitation is no limitation. And what it meant by that is when you think that like you need a drink or you need a cigarette, you really don't because you're putting a limit on what you're willing to do. So if you can look past that, that there is no limitation, then you don't need to limit yourself to do that. If that makes sense. Yeah. Right? The cigarettes was a limit. The alcohol was a limit. I needed the drink. I needed the drink. Whatever, you know, process to, to me to say that that's where I needed the limit. That was my limit. I couldn't supersede that, so I needed to have a drink. So <clears throat> I used that to push myself, to develop myself. You know, quit drinking. Yeah. So Bruce Lee was super huge and influential. And then uh, some philosophies of Bruce Lee. You know, he was like a real big philosopher. So here's this guy. Um, I got to go to Portland, uh, did a seminar down there um, for 10th Planet Portland, 
which was awesome. Uh, Coach James Gamet, great group. Uh, Jason Novelli, um, the AFC champ, uh, Nico Novelli's brother. Got to go down there. Great people. Had a great time. And then uh, two of his students were super kind enough to drive me five hours to Seattle. We went up there on a uh, on a Sunday, and I got to go to the grave. And it was, uh, man, just a, an amazing experience. And I, I started thinking when I was there, I got to sit on the bench. I got some pictures there. I got to sit on a bench and look at the grave. And then I just started thinking, you know, like, what an amazing human being he is. Like, let's not focus on movies. Let's not focus on martial arts. Let's not focus on any of that. Let's focus on how even after death, he cha- helps change people's lives. That's a, to me, that's, that's a powerful human being. It's like, that's the, that's the, that's the power of being, uh, a power of a human being that, uh, you should aspire to be, you know? Yeah. Like be willing to help people and set an example and to put the fortitude and, and the effort out there to make the world better than you know, uh, than the way you found it. So why did Bruce Lee get buried in Seattle? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, that's where he originally went. That's where he went to college, did all of his stuff there, had his schools there in Seattle. So that's where I imagine that Linda, you know, buried him for that. Okay. I haven't really dove too deep into that myself, but more of his philosophies, concepts, you know. Um, I did read... This book by John Little, uh, John Little, and I, I have that on my phone, um, and it talks about that, like relationships and yin and yang, and like how you should feel and how it works. More, more of his philosophies. That was a big one for me too. Kind of helped settle me down. But yeah, dude, it was a, it was an amazing thing. Sit there, sit on the bench, and go, wow. Thank you for helping me change my life, even though you know you didn't. You know, I used your inspiration. You know. And your philosophies that, you know, you brought to light for me, um, the way that you put it together, you know, so that I could change my life. You know, he was there. He was like a signal for that, you know. Yeah, dude, pretty awesome. Pretty pretty spiritual. And I'm not a super spiritual person. I know that sounds bad, but it doesn't sound you know bad. what I mean? Like, yeah. That doesn't sound bad at all. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was awesome, dude. Like, I got like... I was pretty emotional for like a couple hours because well, of it. I'm glad yeah. you had that experience. Dude, special time. It was a bucket list, buddy. Bucket list. Well, since you told your Seattle story, I'm yeah, going to tell you mine. Okay, so uh, Kurt Cobain uh, used to live in Seattle. In fact, that was where he uh, where he lived when he allegedly killed himself. Hey, that's sad. Uh, yes. However, outside of his uh, the allegedly, house, you said. Allegedly, yeah, in air quotes. Um, so... Uh, Outside of the house where he allegedly killed himself, there's also a bench. Uh, and there are people, like, writing all... Yeah. Yeah. Well, people are writing all... We love you, Kurt. We miss you, Kurt. Da, 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 da. Kurt's, Kurt's not going to read that. I hate to tell you. Right. You're, you're, leaving that, you're leaving that note for people like me who are going to make fun of you. Uh, because there are other folks that are, like, you know, who, who have to have that as, like, a, like a heroin-shooting landmark. Right? Like, I'm, I'm going to go to the park bench out in front of Kurt Cobain's house as a heroin tourist. There were dudes that used to go to Amsterdam to buy weed, all right, because that was, like, the only place you could get it. I couldn't so, imagine that you would be that inspired 
to like go do heroin on a bench. I'm sure there's like some celebrity heroin junkie who's like, I love heroin. I've got all the money in the world. Uh, I'm gonna go shoot up. Who all says the they love heroin? I, th- I so clearly someone who loves heroin. I don't know. <laughs> Is it like uh, I've never heard of that? Because like I don't think the heroin epidemic's funny, but I, you know, I'm just saying it's terrible stuff. People used to say the same thing about uh, about the marijuanas as well, and people would travel all over. You know, people travel to different parts of the world to to get their that hands marijuana's on. Marijuana's a little bit different, though. Um, <laughs> I mean, a little. The of health this. benefits of weed are good. The health benefits <laughs> of heroin is not. Well, we've been using heroin as a as a as a an ingredient in pharmaceuticals since fucking August of forever. Um, yeah. I mean, to well, me, that's why marijuana is better in that sense, right? Um, you know, gonna stop big pharma. Oh, they're gonna get me now. Yeah, that's uh, and that's how you get suicided. That's, that's how, how. Oh, I see. That's how you get suicided. Yeah, you you say so, bad things. That's so why I don't Kurt say Bo- bad Kurt things. Kurt Cobain about... was doing heroin, so then big pharma came in and assassinated him because he wasn't taking their 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 opiates. You said it, not me. All right. Um, no, I know they're... that's where you're going. Well, <laughs> that had to be the only place. Um, <laughs> The only place I could have possibly gone with it. Um, so that's well, funny. Well, no, there. Well, let's let's talk. Do you mind talking about some of the conspiracy theories around? I, uh, dude, I don't know nothing about them, but perfect. I'm always I'm always uh, gonna have fun being entertained with them. Okay, so so allegedly, uh, his bride uh, paid for him to uh, to be assassinated. There was a guy. I think who, I heard something about that. Uh, the lead singer of the the Mentors, a guy by the name of El Duche, um, <laughs> said that. He, by the way, it's Courtney Love's ex boyfriend. Um, oh. You should, by the way, if you're um, if you find yourself in front of a computer or anything uh, electrical with, with electrical where you can search the interwebs, look up the Mentors. They're a pretty interesting band. They had a, they brought groupies along with them. One of them was called Pass Around Patty. I have no idea. Yeah, this is this is all real shit. Like the the mentors were real. Uh, Courtney Love used to date their lead singer, who was uh, run over by a train. Now, this uh, this guy El Duche uh, said that Courtney Love offered him, I think it was like fifty thousand dollars to kill Kurt Cobain. Now he also passed a polygraph, allegedly. I don't know that he necessarily passed the polygraph. But Do we have to have a polygraph on you talking about polygraphs? I don't know. Allegedly. Allegedly. Poly- alleged polygraphs? <laughs> yeah. We I need to polygraph your my, polygraph. We don't know if he knows enough about the polygraphs. We need to know what he knows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, allegedly, he passes polygraph. But um, you can find videos uh, on, on YouTube of uh, Phil Duce um, talking about Courtney Love offering him money. I think um, I heard something about that. There was, there were also there was, was there like court hearings about that? Well, there was a there was a there was investigations. There was investigations. Okay, yeah, there was I remember hearing documentaries. About that. Apparently, he was way too high to have ever pulled the trigger. Um, and I've never like I've never used heroin. I have zero experience with it. But apparently, one of the last things you want to do when you're on heroin is blow your head off. So uh, maybe he was trying to come off of heroin, and that's why he wanted to do it. Because uh, I know I think that that's if I remember correctly and. He had been, yeah, he was trying to come well, off of it. Well, heroin allegedly. and alcohol are the two ones that you'll get like DTs from and die. Yeah, right. They're the they're the two uh, chemicals that are like set like that. They gotta watch you while you're detoxing. Yeah, on both of them. Yeah, I knew a guy, Jeremy, actually years ago when I played pool. He this guy did heroin. It was a sad thing, man. It was sad. I, I played pool with him, and uh, actually, 
uh, yeah, we were playing some games um, with some friendly wagers back in the day because pool is a game of skill, so you can do that. Um, and he'd fall asleep during the racks. It was really sad. He was on the nod. It was terrible, dude. And then, uh, like, uh, the dealer, I guess. we I never really found out, like, who the dealer was or anything like that. But there was a big issue with one of the bars, uh, Jammer's uh, Bar and Grill, down in uh, Oregon, Salem, Oregon. Um, somebody was storing the heroin in the toilet. So in the back, they'd tape it, put the lid on it. They found his stuff. It was that guy's stuff, but that's, I think, where they were doing the trades or whatever. Leaving the money or the product or pay and whatever. But that's what they do. Man. It, it, it was just sad to see him like that, right? And actually, the guy was really, really good at pool. Except for when he was on heroin. <laughs> he was not good at pool when he was on heroin. There's a lot of things that he was not good at when he was on heroin. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, heroin's a tough one, man. It's pretty heavy, even the epidemic down here. Yeah. On the peninsula, dude. It's something... I mean, just even America in itself, right? It's become more mainstream for people. Oh, and absolutely. It's, it's terrible, become dude. very prevalent. People, yeah, people don't... Well, you get so hooked, right? It's hard to come back from it. And a lot of times, it starts with an injury. It starts with, you know, you hurt yourself, your doctor prescribes something. Well, that yeah, dude. Actually, a lot of fighters, they have problems with pain, prescription painkillers and Chris stuff. Chris Levin. You know, yeah. For sure, right? You know, and that's where they use weed to help stop that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's the, why a lot of fighters yeah, yeah. smoke it because their body hurts so bad from getting beat up stuff. And, and a lot of them taking a, like a CBD as well. I mean, they're mm-hmm. taking a full spectrum. They're also doing it under the care of like medical professionals. They're yeah, um, you know, like these are these are athletes doing their best they can to take care of themselves. Or you could do some Wim Hof breathing. Or you could do some Wim Hof breathing. Talk to me a little about about the the Hofster, dude. Wim Hof is pretty amazing, and the breathing is helping me a lot. Learning a lot. I mean, uh, well, breathing, the exercise that he does, and then the cold therapy. Um, I have a lot of issues with inflammation, you know, trained a lot. I mean, for a lot of years, a little hard, maybe didn't. I'm the type of person who likes to go pretty hard and doesn't really give enough rest time, you know. I'm 43 now, too, but... Um, for like a good 10 years spent, I went super hard. Probably didn't have the best diet in the world when I was doing it. Anyways, built up tons of inflammation, dude. Muscles are sore, joints are sore. I was using CBD, which does work. Um, but the breathing helps me relax. Uh, have anxiety sometimes, probably because I drink 90 cups of coffee a day. But um, anyways, have, you know, have some anxiety. And that stuff helps me with it, right? I could really focus on breathing relaxing, getting my breath under control. And then um, then the cold is pretty awesome too. Using that, using the breathing to help you manage the cold. And I take cold showers now, which I really didn't. I mean, I've done ice baths before, right? And ice baths are pretty miserable. Like when you first get in from like say training, when training's done, ice baths are pretty brutal. But if you learn to manage your breath and focus and not hyperventilate when you get in the cold water, um, the Wim Hof method helps you handle that. Then you focus on your breathing and then you start to adjust to the cold. And because, I mean, this is no special science in a lot of ways in, in this sense is that like most uh, 
athletes after training, football, baseball, Olympians, right? They all do ice baths after their training and stuff like that. So the the uh, the benefits for it is huge, absolutely huge for both of those. And then um, actually, I've been doing tons of stretching lately, and uh, the Wim Hof breathing has helped me to like actually feel my body more. I know that sounds weird, man, but you should just try it. Okay. You know, definitely should try it. You can hold your breath for longer periods. I don't really do that now. I use it more for like the meditative state. Yeah. See, I've uh, I've gone as far with uh, like the Wim Hof with the cycles of breathing, but I haven't done like the push-up exercises or anything oh, like that. That was awesome. Was uh, the other day? I mean, I can do not like fifty push-ups because I don't practice doing push-ups all the time, but um, I did like fifteen the first day. So what you do is you do your breathing. And then on the fourth cycle, you hold your breath and then you go do push-ups or some sort of physical activity, mainly push-ups probably because if you pass out, <laughs> you're just going to fall. Falling you're very not far. falling very far, right? I thought about doing squats. I thought that'd be pretty cool to do too. Mm. Um, but anyways, you do the push-ups and you're holding, so you do your breathing. Uh, you like inhalate, exhalation, and basically you hyperventilate for like 20, 30 times, how many ever to where you feel your body like start to tingle. And then uh, you hold your breath and then you go down to the floor and then you do your push-ups and you do whatever you can, as many as you can. And by the third day, I already increased to like 25 push-ups. It was pretty easy. It was actually getting easier and easier for me to, to do the push-ups. And then when I got done, uh, the high, and I know it sounds terrible, but the feeling that I got from it, it wasn't like exhaustion. It actually felt like really good. Like I'd worked out really good, even though I hadn't really you know, I just did 25 push-ups, man. That's not really a workout. Um, and then you breathe, you exhalate, and then you breathe in. And actually, the best way to explain it, as far as like the nervous system is concerned, is like it felt like a runner's high. You know, I don't know if anybody did a bunch of running or any of that, but that's what it felt like with the push-ups. So that's pretty cool. Okay. You know, um, they actually recommend it, like. You're you're forced you're loading your body with a ton of oxygen and you're forcing the CO two out and you're forcing your body into an alkaline state, right? Which yeah. cuts inflammation. I always feel so much better after I do the breathing. I don't even need to do the push ups, you can do that and then do your stretching. Um, but the cold, all of it together is awesome. At some point in time I wanna I wanna do this and see how it goes. I've been doing it for like three weeks right now. Well, on my fourth, almost a month. It's been super effective. I feel better. I love cold showers. You know, I, n- I don't really end mine with a cold shower. Like I at least go for at least the last thirty seconds to a minute cold, just practice my breathing. Yeah, dude. See, that's exactly it, right? It, like when you get in a cold shower, and and I mean, I've got it to where, like water pressure. The next step is water pressure goes right. That's how cold it is. There's literally, it's not a cool shower. It's cold. It's as cold as it'll go. When when I go in there, it like shocks me, and you know, you go, <gasps> and that's like you start like a little bit of the hyperventilation when it hits your chest, you know? Um, and then kind of hold your breath. So then you get into that state and then eventually you take a breath in and you like relax. Right. And it helps cut that out. And then my focus goes, I like to dive in. straight in and, you know, get the, get the hair and then get the face and then, but immediately you got to go for the, go for the dirt star. You know, like that's the what that's how you know like you're ready to really deal with it because the the coldest of the water is splashing the parts of your body that never see fresh air and it's just like I'm up 
Yeah. Well, that's part of it too. Yeah. They said the benefits of it is like helps build testosterone, helps your focus, helps your body heal faster, helps you uh, burn fat. You know, helps your body. Yeah, I mean, the health benefits. If I'm gonna throw that out there, check out Wim Hof, man. Oh yeah, stuff is. I mean, 26 world records. I think that speaks for itself. I I don't need to talk for the guy, really. I mean, there's you could do 26 bullshit world records. I'm sure that I'm sure that Wim Hof doesn't Uh, hold the world record for world records. Climbing Mount Everest in pair of shorts. I'm not taking away from from from, (laughs) running running a full marathon in uh, above the Arctic Circle. Yeah, in uh, in a, in, in, in a pair of silkies. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I saw that in a pair of silkies and tevas. Yeah, sir. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm not. Right. I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't even know how far he swam. I, I can't remember. But he it was like underwater ice swimming for like 300 yards or 500 yeah, and his yards. His eyelids froze. His eyelid. No, his retinas froze. Ah, his retinas froze. It's real cold, man. That's that's, un, that's painfully cold. Yeah. And that, I mean, I, I get what he says, you know, as far as, like, helping you uh, deal with pain and uh, overcoming the sensations. It's crazy, man. Oh, that, I hope that's not my car. I think that is. Might be. All right, turns out that was not my vehicle's alarm. Pretty proud of that. All right, we got to start wrapping this up. Wrap be- it up good. Wrap it up good. It's syphilis outbreak. Yeah. Yeah, you got to wrap it up good. Double it up. Yeah. Th- now is the time to be in a monogamous relationship. Word. Now is now is not the time to be uh, not the time to be chasing a whole bunch of strange, especially unprotected. Holy smokes! Yeah, yeah. Between between mass shootings, everyone has syphilis. You're all about protection. All right. So if it, <laughs> that's so fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But people want to take away your protection, but no one's trying to take away the condoms. Yeah. Um, in fact. We should be pushing condoms. If we're trying to like have less people on the planet, then maybe we should be pushing condoms. Or maybe we should we should convince certain people to stop fucking each other. I don't know. Could be. There's that too. Yeah. You ever seen Idiocracy? Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rondo. Yeah. What it's plants, plants crave. crave. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, you just, to be the smartest guy on the planet, you just gotta not be inbred. <laughs> Said it that way, though. It is. It absolutely is. It is, right? Yeah. It, it's true. <laughs> like, Wouldn't that be funny if that's like the movie of history? Yo, there's going to be a time <laughs> in about a thousand years, they're going to discover this documentary, Idiocracy. And they're gonna, yeah, that's the documentary, right? They're going to they're gonna be like, okay, so they, they'll know about like the warlord upgrade. Yeah. Um, upgrade, who was the warlord who had the girl, uh, who then became... Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, they're gonna. it's going to so, be perfect. That's how they're going to realize the world was done up. But one of my favorite things about that movie is Upgrade the Pimp in that movie was played by rapper Scarface. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. So, so a cool Scarface uh, trivia. Uh, by the way, that film directed by Mike Judge who uh, also um, directed Office Space. Uh, uh, Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster from the Ghetto Boys mm-hmm. features Scarface. Scarface makes an appearance in Mike Judge movies. Uh, in fact, he's probably, I'm sure he's probably in uh, fucking King of the Hill somewhere. Betcha. Yeah. Yeah. Scarface also uh, running for office in Houston. 
Don't know nothing about that. Yeah. So the the man that uh, never seen a man, who wrote never seen a man cry till I seen a man die, gets to be a gets to be an elected official. Another interesting note: Willie uh, Willie D of the Ghetto Boys, Ghetto Boys uh, yeah. was running for um, for a city council position, but that city council uh, position is for the district that included uh, George H W Bush Airport. George Bush, George H W Bush. Uh, Head of the former head of the CIA, involved in the Franklin scandal. He's got like he's got some some dirty, dirty shit in the history of George H. W. Bush. So it would have been great for me if Willie D was the city council member that was in charge of that airport. That's funny. Yeah, maybe we could have gotten the airport uh, name changed from George yeah. H. W. to you know I don't know like the J. J. Watt International Airport. <laughs> Like, give me a person in Houston who's more loved than J.J. Watt. Uh, after the hurricanes, how much money did he raise? Like, 22 fucking trillion dollars? There's, like, nowhere in Houston that J.J. Watt can't go. So why not J.J. Watt International Airport? Sure. Think of a... Or or Hakeem Olajuwon from... Uh, I mean, play, used to play for the Rockets. Hakeem the Dream. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's a, a testament of what makes America great, how you can become... Uh, a, uh, great in America by any standard. Um, instead, you get the former guy who was in charge of the CIA and was potentially involved in the Kennedy assassination. Do, 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 do. Oh, by the way, going back to Kurt Cobain, I got to throw this one out. Uh, look up Hank. <laughs> look up Hank Harrison. Hank uh, Harrison. Hank Harrison. That is Courtney Love's dad. He was the former oh, yeah. former manager. Oh, you had to get that. Former manager of uh, of the Warlocks, who later became the Grateful Dead, and. Might have been the guy that introduced the Grateful Dead to LSD, who also dun, 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 worked for the CIA. So this under C- George W. Bush, um, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. I'm, I, fi- I think that every bad thing that has happened in America happened because of George H. W. Bush. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy specifically. Um, so there's another global warming too. We're not. We're not going to touch on that. Will got crazy eyed. Will got crazy eyed. I got places to go and I got shit to do. <laughs> he got crazy um, eyed. It's was, it was like a moment of panic. He's uh, like, "Oh God, that's so good." Because uh, um, <laughs> there, there like, aren't enough. <laughs> there aren't enough conspiracy theories for that one. Yeah. So, um, so Hank Harrison uh, allegedly also worked for the CIA. So the CIA. Uh, may have played a, a role of involvement in the introduction of, C- of uh, LSD to the Grateful Dead. Boom. Truth bomb for you. We should have talked about inoculations. Should have done that. Vaccines. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I actually, when I was in Colorado, I lived with a few people that were talking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I'll... Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to go on. There's a whole lot. I have to get studied up. Yeah, I, yeah. It's it's a it's a big conversation that I'm not smart enough to have. Me either. Um, but I just like to argue it. Fair right. enough. All right, I gotta go, brother. Right. It's good seeing hey, you. Thanks good for your time you too. Thanks for having me. Will appreciate it. No worries, brother.
As per 3AAC 306.360, Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning A, marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B, marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C, there are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D, for use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. And E, marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Red Run Cannabis Company License 3A10056. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators License 4A10052. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators License 5A19372. 5455 Kenai Spur Highway, 12156 Kenai Spur Highway, Kenai, Alaska 99611.